Welcome to the Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We've been working our way through the Gospel of Luke, and we're up to chapter 4. And we decided to take a kind of a little pause here. We've kind of been looking at the whole issue over the last few weeks about the wilderness. We saw John's ministry in the wilderness and what he communicates to us about the wilderness. We saw Jesus' ministry in the wilderness and his identification with us. And specifically in chapter 4 here, in these first few verses, verse 13 verses actually, we see Jesus being tempted and how he handles the temptation of Satan in his life. And so we decided to camp out here a little bit and talk about temptation because we all face it. And one of the things that Luke is trying to do in these in this section of, of his gospel is to show us that Jesus identifies with us. Jesus understands what we're going through. He, as the perfect one, would go and die for us, so he identifies with the things that we face. He himself was tempted, yet without sin, the writer tells us. And so there's some things here that you and I can glean because we all face temptation, do we not? There's not a person here that doesn't face temptation. Now, the last time I spoke, I talked about the nature of temptation, and I kind of trivialized it a little bit. I kind of talked about me being tempted by cheeseburgers or ladies being tempted by chocolates, and, you know, we all laughed and all thought that was funny. But let me be very honest with you, temptation is not funny. Temptation is very real. Temptation is very devastating. Temptation will destroy your life. And rather than just talking about cheeseburgers or talking about chocolates, there are all kinds of temptations out there. There are other things that are ready to ensnare you and destroy your life and your families, your relationships, and destroy you. And the question is, how are we going to face it? How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to learn from Jesus' example, learn from what the Apostle Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, how are we going to glean from that and learn something to face the temptations that we face? Because we will all face temptation. No one here is immune from temptation. And one of the deadly things, and we'll talk about it later on, is for you to think that you will never fall to a certain thing. Oh, I would never do that. Never say never. Given the right circumstances, the right situation, you might be surprised what you will do. And you say, well, how can you say that about me? Because the writer tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? Every one of us has the tendency to sin. Every one of us has the tendency to do something. It doesn't matter what your upbringing is. In fact, haven't you heard statements like this? I really can't understand why they did that. They were brought up better than that. See, we got to be careful what we're resting in. And so we've got to learn how to deal with temptation. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look first of all at the first 13 verses just to kind of glean back the context of what we're talking about here. And then we're going to look at what the Apostle Paul says. So I want you to notice with me, verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness 
being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to the Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look with me at verse 12. The Apostle Paul writes and he says this, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. First thing we want to do as we look at this passage, as we look at both of these passages, I want to make a point to you about the nature of temptation again. We've got to understand what temptation is. There's some characteristics about temptation that you have got to glean. You have got to be on your guard because every one of us are tempted every day multiple times. And listen, I'm not talking about the temptation to maybe buy a candy bar. For some of you, the temptation may be so real that maybe you're struggling at home in your relationship and somebody else of the opposite sex gives you some attention at work that you're not used to and you like it and there's a temptation. It's that real. And the enemy will come and he will chop your legs out from underneath you because he wants to destroy you and he wants to destroy your family. And there's some things that you need to realize about temptation. And I want you to see what's going on here. The first thing you need to realize is this. No one is immune. Look at what he says, the Apostle Paul says in verse 12. Look at what he says. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand, take heed, lest he fall. Look, he's saying here, guys, wake up. If you think you're okay, if you think that you're doing fine spiritually, if you think that you're not susceptible to sin in your life, if you think that you're not susceptible to falling on your face because you gave in to temptation, you need to realize that you are standing on dangerous ground, you're standing on shaky ground, and the slightest movement will topple you over. You ever go swimming in a lake or in a pool or something and somebody has a big inner tube or whatever, and if you notice kids like to do, they want to stand up on stuff that floats. You ever notice that? And when I was a kid, I liked to stand up on stuff, and you want to see if you could do it. Balance yourself on a tube 
or a mat or whatever. Or if you, you know, one of the things we do, like if we're if we're kneeboarding on a behind a boat, you know, we do that sometimes. And somebody wants to see if they can stand up on the kneeboard while it's going behind the boat, and and they'll get up there in a precarious. All it takes is just one wave, or all it takes is somebody else in the pool making a big wave, or somebody else coming and knocking you, and what happens? You lose your footing and you wipe out big. Now, the good, wonderful thing is it's water. And you make a big splash and you laugh and you have a good time. Now, here's the problem, though. With temptation, no one is immune. So here you are, you're thinking, I've been brought up right. I've been doing right. I'm a, I don't need to worry about that. That is not a temptation to me. I don't need to worry about money. I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to worry about that. And the problem is, is that when you start thinking that you're okay, you are setting yourself up for somebody to come out and chop the legs out from underneath. And no one is immune. You say, no one? Listen, we just read that Jesus himself was what? Tempted. My friends, if Jesus is tempted, do you think you're immune from it? See, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up from thinking that we're okay and this stuff will never happen to us. Never say never. You may want to write that down. Never say never. Because every one of you could get into it. You know, here's the thing. You know, you talk to people that do stumble, that do fall, that maybe go off into an affair, or they maybe divorce their, their spouse, or, or, or do whatever, and you say to them, did you ever think that you would get here? And they would say, I never thought I would get there. You talk to somebody who has given into an addiction, maybe it's drugs or alcohol, and you say to them, did you ever think that you were going to be a drunk, or you ever think that you were going to be an addict? And they will tell you, no, I just tried it, never thought it would happen. And what happens is the temptation will come in and it, and it promises you something. It will promise you something and it, it's always something wonderful. And it will wipe you out. See, no one's immune. Every one of us here, listen to me, every one of us here is not immune from the devastating effects of temptation. We need to recognize that. And listen, I'm explaining something to you. If you think you are, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. The other thing I want you to see is this. Here's what Paul says. First of all, you're not immune. Look at verse 13. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. Every one of us is tempted. Temptations are common. There's no unique, no unique temptations. But notice what he says. Has overtaken you. That word is there has the picture of a trap. The meaning of that word is a trap. That it's like a trap that you set for an animal. Lori likes to garden. And for a few years ago, the neighbor next door had an old building sitting there and the groundhogs would live underneath it. And they would come over in the morning and wipe out her garden. And she got ticked off about that. If you're a gardener, you don't want stuff eating your garden. And so we had to put a trap out and trap the groundhogs so that they would quit eating her garden. And there was a trap there. We would put something in a trap for them to come. See, that's what temptation is. What I want you to see is, is temptation is a trap. Temptation is a promise, listen to me, I want to write it down like this, is a promise of something good, but yet it yields something bad. Temptation is a promise of something good, but yet it yields something bad. For instance, I gave you the illustration. Maybe things aren't good at home, and somebody at work is paying attention to you, and they're of the opposite sex, and there's a temptation there to say, ooh, there's a need that could be met there that's not being met at home. And the reality is, is you could go there and say, well, if this is good, this is going to satisfy a need. 
And on the surface, that's all you see is the satisfaction of a need. And so this is what the enemy will do. The enemy will come to you and say, I want you to do this. And look at how wonderful it will be if you do this. Well, let me explain something to you. He never tells you what it will cost you. See, that's the trap. You look at it and say, ooh, nice apple. Ooh, you're a groundhog. Ooh, something to eat. You scurry in. Boom, the door shuts. You're there. And he doesn't want to go from there to what's awaiting him. See, that's the same thing. It will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. And so you do get attracted to somebody at work, and you do maybe do something you shouldn't do, and the problem is is that you have laid the foundation for destruction. You not only devastate your life, you not only devastate that person's life, you not only devastate your marriage, you might devastate their marriage, you devastate your kids, you devastate their kids if they have them, and you know what? It doesn't go away. It stays forever. See, it's a trap. He's trying to trap you. This week I was studying in First Peter, and I came across this passage in chapter 5 as I was finishing up First Peter, getting ready to get in Second Peter. Listen to what Peter writes. It's very similar to what we're talking about here. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Sober here means self-control. Be self-controlled and watchful is what he's saying. You and I need to live our lives self-controlled that is in control of ourselves because temptation is there and being watchful. Why? Because that's what it says. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Isn't that interesting? Go back with me. Go back with me to Luke. Look at verse 13 of chapter 4. Notice what it says. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until what? An opportune time. Listen, it's a battle, my friends. There's a war going on, and you are a part of it. It's a daily war where he is trying to trip you up and trying to use the things in your life to destroy you. See, listen, he is smart, he is your enemy, and he knows exactly what's going on in your life because he's watching you, his minions are watching you, and they will tempt you and seek the right opportunity to destroy you with the traps that he has. And what we face is coming. And they're there to overtake us and to tempt us. And so that's the nature. The other thing I want you to see there is this. We are all tempted in similar areas. We are all tempted in similar areas. And you can break them down. John tells us in his epistle, First John, he refers to him as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I've told them you can break them down like this. It comes to the issue of pleasure, possession, position. Pleasure, possession, position. Every one of the temptations that we face can fit into those three categories. Pleasure, possession, position. Isn't that what Jesus was tempted with? Pleasure, physical pleasure. Turn this rock into to stone into bread, Jesus. Satisfy the desires of your flesh. Here, Jesus, here's all the stuff of the world. You just need to worship me. What's that? Possession. Here, Jesus, just throw yourself off the pinnacle. People will worship you. They'll think you're Superman. They'll think, wow. What's that? Position. See, he tempts us all in the same areas. That's the nature of temptation. Now, here's the interesting thing. We don't all face them at the same time. Some of you here may be tempted by pleasure. Listen, some of you here, 
you're on the internet and your eyes are straying somewhere that they shouldn't be straying because it provides you with pleasure. But yet, do you want to realize something? That's one of the big factors in why couples are divorcing today is pornography on the internet. Reality. Some of you here, it may be position. Some of it may be your possession. And all of it seeks to destroy your life. That is the nature of temptation. Do we not all face that? Do we? Now you're sitting here saying, okay, George, all right, how do I handle it? We're all going to face it. We've got an enemy who's very real. He's trying to destroy us. We've got to be watchful. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to be self-controlled. How do we handle it, George? How do we deal with it? He tells us in this passage. Look with me again. Look at what he says. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, if we're going to handle temptation, first thing you've got to do is you've got to recognize the faithfulness of God. Here's what happens so often. When we face temptation, we may walk away from God. You understand? We may venture out of His protection and, and say, well, I'm going to do this on my own. And then you face temptation. And so you feel alone because you've walked away. I'm going to explain something to you. God doesn't walk away. And even though you may be doing something that you shouldn't be doing, and you're heading in a direction that's going to cause destruction for your life, God is faithful to you even though you may not be. He is faithful to His children. You can bank on it. You can just hold on to that in your life, that He's going to be there to help you if you need Him. But you've got to turn to Him. So you recognize the man, I'm not immune, it's a trap, it's trying to deceive me in the same areas as everyone else, and Lord, how do I handle it? First thing you've got to do is recognize God's faithful to you. You've got to recognize the faithfulness of God. You can't live your life wondering, is Jesus going to be there for me? See, if you're living your life like that, you're setting yourself up for failure. You've got to have a calm assurance that God is there for me no matter what happens in my life, and you've got to recognize His faithfulness. That's the only way you're going to face temptation. You're only going to face temptation as you realize He's there with you. It's the only way. I mean, think about it for a moment. How many of you would walk into a room with a bunch of thugs and say, I'm here to take you all on, and it's just you? Unless you're crazy, none of you. But how many of you would walk into a room with 30 guys behind you that are big like Arnold Schwarzenegger and say, I'm here to take you all on? You would then, wouldn't you? Because you say, i got all these guys behind me. See, you can walk into the area where Satan tempts you in the world in which we live in and say, I'm able to stand not because of myself and my own strength. I'm able to stand because of God's here with me and He's faithful. In fact, here's the thing. Let's remind us of something here. Where's God? With you. If you're a child of God, He's where? Within you. So you've got to recognize. The first thing in dealing is you've got to recognize the faithfulness of God. The second thing you need to do is this. Recognize that you'll be able to face it. Recognize that you are able to face it. You say, what? You just told me not to take it for granted. You just told me not to think that I'm strong enough to handle it and, and that there's not a problem. No, no. Here's what I'm saying. God wants you to understand. Paul wants you to understand that his writing here is that as you recognize the faithfulness of God, you recognize that you are able to face the temptation, not because of yourself, but because of who? God. 
See, if you're standing in yourself, you're standing in your your uh, your upbringing, you're standing in your training and your education, you're standing in how good a person you are, you're just lost it, buddy, because that isn't going to keep you from temptation. But if you're standing in God, and you're recognizing it's God, and it's only God who can keep you, and it's His grace. I was just thinking about this this morning in the shower. 17th century evangelist George Whitfield, who was very well-known speaker through England and the colonies, said this statement. He was recorded as saying this statement. As he walked by a public execution square where a man was being led to the gallows to be hung for a crime, he said, There but for the grace of God go I. See, you're able to face it because you recognize it's the grace of God with you to keep you from it. you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. In and of yourself, you've got to be careful because you're going to fall on your face. But with God, who's faithful, I can face it. I can face it. Then he says this. And here's the thing I want you to see. And we're going to go back to the illustration of Jesus to see what he means here. Paul tells us that God has provided a way of escape. For the longest time, I always wondered what this meant. Because when I would face temptation, I would say, Lord, where, I, would, I would even pray like this. Jesus, show me the way out. Show me the escape. Lord, you said there's no temptation except that's what's common to man. I understand that, Lord. I know I'm facing what other people face. Jesus, show me the way out. And I would pray like that. And I would get frustrated when I wouldn't. Jesus, I can't find the way out. And, and the problem is, is that I was looking in the wrong place. And it didn't dawn on me until I started studying for this series that we're doing right now. And I came to the temptation of Jesus. And if you go back to Luke chapter 4, look at how Jesus responds to each and every one of the temptations. How does he respond to Satan? Anybody? The scripture. So one day I'm at the house and I'm thinking about the temptations that Jesus is facing, how he responds to them. And I'm thinking about what the Apostle Paul says here about that he has provided a way of escape. And the light bulb clicked on. And I'm thinking... You big dummy, you. You've been a Christian now for over 20 years and you finally figured it out. You want to know what the way of escape is? You're holding it in your hands. Notice something. He was able to stand in the face of temptation and bear it because he knew God's word and he rested in it. See, that's the way of escape. Listen, and then it began to click because then in Psalm 119, David writes this. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not, what, sin against thee. David says, God, I'm hiding your word in my life so that when I'm faced with temptation, I won't, what? It's the escape. It's the escape. Listen, every one of us are going to face temptations, right? But the only way we're going to face it, if you and I, men and women here, young person, old person here, become what? People of the Word of God, and we begin to read it and ingest it in our heart, and it begins to strengthen us so that we know when He throws a temptation at us, so when you're at the office and you see that person that's showing you interest, you can immediately say, the Word of God says to me, delight myself in the wife of my youth. Job says, I shall not look at a young maiden with lust. I claim that, Lord. That's my escape. And I'll turn from that temptation. See, and, and everything. I mean, the Bible talks about everything from the way that we speak, how we speak, what way that we speak, to how we act, to how we are in our relationships, to everything about our lives. But we got to know what it says in order for it to what? Provide the way of escape. See, I don't know about you, but it was like, hello? 
Why didn't you get that before, George? Isn't that amazing? See, we've been looking for the escapes, and it's been right there all the time. What does that mean? What does that mean? What's the application here? Start reading your Bibles. Start getting into the Word. Start reading it, applying it, resting in it, because that's where your hope is. See, temptations are real. You say, okay, George, how do I apply this to my life? What's the application here? Several things. Number one, how are you responding? Ask yourself that question. How are you responding to the temptation in your life? How are you responding? Are you giving in? Are you just saying, waving the white flag of surrender, saying, I'm not even going to try. I'm just giving up, and whatever comes, I'll just do it. Feels good anyhow. I know I'm going to face the consequences, but hey, I'm there. How are you responding? Or are you looking at temptation and you're realizing, I can't go down this path, Lord Jesus. I need you to help me. Lord, I need you to show me what I need to do. Help me, Lord. I can't go here because it's going to destroy me. It's going to destroy my family. It's going to destroy others around me. How are you responding? See, temptation is real. The question is, how do you respond to it? Here's the other thing. Strengthen yourself in Christ and His Word. See, the only way that you're going to be strengthened to face temptation in your life... Listen, he's crafty. Isn't it amazing? The stuff that will happen that will tempt you right after a conflict in your home. Isn't it amazing? The stuff that will tempt you right after you have victory with Jesus. See, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just by coincidence that after he was baptized and after he heard God from heaven say to him, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him, that he faced the temptation. Because when you're riding on the mountaintop, woohoo! You ever notice there's not very much sure footing on a mountaintop. He's going to come right there to try to knock the feet out from underneath you. And see, and how I deal with the reality that I'm in a war is that I strengthen myself daily in Jesus by talking with Him, communicating with Him, showing Him, telling Him, I need you, Lord. Lord, fill me with Your Spirit. Show me the things that You want me to do. Lord, help me to respond the way You want me to respond to people around me. Lord, I need You, and I'm in His Word. Lord, speak to me today. You've got to read it and ask God, God, show me something. You've got to strengthen yourself. There's only way you're going to face temptation. And then here's the final thing. Here's the one thing that I think will really, because this is the point that Luke is bringing out of the passage, Jesus understands. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus understands. And see, here's the thing. You ever notice sometimes when you're going through something, you try to communicate with someone else about what you're facing and the stuff that you're facing? You ever notice that sometimes when you're going through something, like if I'm going through something and I go over here and I talk to Brad, I say, Brad, I'm going through this. And Brad says, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice crack in the wall, isn't there? And, you know, and, and, and I just get frustrated because it's like, Brad doesn't understand what I'm saying. They just can't clue in. Hello? Do you know how I'm feeling? Isn't that how we are? We're like that with each other because we can't read each other's minds and emotions. And we think, man, nobody knows what's going on. And so here you are, you're going through temptation, you're really struggling, and you're like, does anybody understand what I'm going through? Jesus does. See, I'm able to handle it because I strengthen myself in Him, but as I strengthen myself in Him and His Word, I know 
he understands exactly how I'm feeling, what I'm going through, and how I'm going to face it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.